0: covering everything in the Brainerd Lakes area. This is the Listen Local podcast.
1: All right, let's go. We're still recording. Yeah. Cut all that out. Yep. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's all been recording since yesterday. Um, Welcome back to Listen Local. And no, I am not Isaiah. What's that? You want to play the button bar to intro us? Not really. Not really. (laughs) I don't even know which one he put it as. It was... Nah, I'm just going to throw it on here in the post. Must be board number two. board number two. All right, let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Listen Local podcast. I am Jacob Blazer, joined by... Colton Mayer. And... Yeah, Isaiah is not here. But we are going to call him, and he will let us all know why he couldn't show up to this hunting episode today. That is right. I said hunting. Colton... Let's run down. What's what's coming up here on this Listen Local episode? Yeah, today we're joined by uh, Jordan Yaira.
0: I believe I pronounced that right, but... It's um, Yaira,
1: but nice try.
0: Yaira, Yaira, <laughs> Yura. 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 Yep. Great. Good, good start. <laughs> I missed that part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Want to start again? Yeah. Today we're joined by Jordan... Jo- jo- <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all
2: right.
1: We're joined by uh, Jordan. Jordan. Yes. Today we're
0: joined by Jordan, yep. uh, who's going to chat about the... the hunting opener we have this weekend and I think Isaiah is probably geeking as he usually does fanboys about uh, topics that he enjoys so it'll be interesting to see what Isaiah has to say as
1: well when we get him on the phone but yeah um, speaking of getting him on the phone let's get him on the phone but first I've got to find him in my phone Rolodex that is right I said Rolodex you're popular yes um I S Isaiah Moingen let's call him Hello. Hi. How are you? Well, good. You sound a little chirpy today. How's it going out there? It's going wonderful. The view from my
3: office window at home is just fantastic.
1: Yeah, get a lot of hard work done there, don't you?
3: Absolutely. Those gray squirrels are really taking me off, though.
1: So so here's, the, here's the thing, Isaiah. People have been used to hearing you intro this show, and you did not intro the show today. So tell all of our listeners why you are not at Listen Local headquarters right now.
0: Um, do you want a fake story or the real story?
3: I don't.
1: You tell us. You make it up, man. You're not here. We believe you. You tell us, and we'll decide if it's real or fake.
3: Okay. Um, I actually was trimming my eyebrows, and then I shaved my entire beard off, so now I can't go out in public.
1: Sounds about right. That's that, what I was figuring. That's kind of what we thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I said yep. either that or a four-day hangover. Um, Halloween's rough on some people. Yeah, it
0: is. You know? Four-day hangover? What, what are you, Jacob
3: Blazer? I can't, I, I got to get going the next day.
1: <laughs> That's about right. So, so Isaiah, guess what? <laughs> what? Know what you're missing today?
3: Probably like one of the most badass Crowe County whitetail hunters.
1: Crowing County, did you hear that?
3: Or it, Minnesota,
1: Wisconsin. <laughs> there you know, we go, there you we go. Say. Yeah, I think it, <laughs> start small. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've we've hyped him up enough. I think we should just introduce him and then he can just join all of this conversation. The best hunter, whatever Isaiah just said in the Crow Wing County area. Jordan, you're a, I
2: can vouch for that.
1: How's it going, Jordan?
2: Not too bad yourself.
1: Not bad. So like I mentioned before the show, I know absolutely nothing about hunting. And it's sort of embarrassing to say because I grew up in Minnesota. Um but I wanted to just ask you right off the bat, what is sort of your backstory? Have you always been a Brainerd Lakes area dude? Did you grow up somewhere else? Just tell our listeners a little about yourself.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess I, uh, most of my family's from Wisconsin. I actually was born in uh, St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. Both my parents are from that area. And that's where I would say I do about 75% of my hunting. Um, we got about 160 acres there that my dad owns and then um you know just some family land and family farms in the area too that we also hunt um, my wife and I actually moved up to the Brainerd Lakes area about three years ago we were living in Wisconsin at the time and we we're just ready for a little bit of change and you know with uh getting a family starter we wanted to you know move somewhere that we wanted to call our forever home, and, we both just love the area so much. There's tons of fishing and hunting opportunities, and this is just kind of like my dream to live in this area. I mean, you got access to thousands, if not more than that, of public land. You got, you know, how many lakes within reach. So we both kind of just, you know, it's picked up our lives and like, let's do it. And we, uh, you know, been here three years now, and we've absolutely love all of the wildlife opportunities. I grew up actually in Hutchinson, Minnesota, so it's very – farm country not a whole lot of lakes not a whole lot of you know timbers and stuff like that so i was so pumped to um kind of come up in this area and you know pursue my dreams of you know living in god's country if you will um so yeah that's a little bit of background of me i do i'm just a whitetail nut like i'm live breathe whitetails i'm probably doing something in the woods 365 honestly my wife barely sees me but <laughs> no i'm kidding now that we got two kids i'm um, Uh, slowly introducing them to the outdoors too and that's been awesome but um yeah I just live breathe whitetails Uh, I also did a lot more uh, bird hunting this fall too you know with with warmer temperatures just wasn't seeing a whole lot of deer movement so I did a lot more grouse hunting and waterfall hunting so kind of anything outdoors you know you can find me doing um again I just love living up in this area I just think it's one of the greatest places on the earth honestly
0: Yeah, I think we're going to dive a lot, uh, dive into a lot of those little things that you just mentioned. But uh, backing up to you moving here three years ago, what, you know, aside from the outdoor opportunities that that we have here, what was the draw? Is there jobs? Is there, um, you know, yes, the outdoor life, but what do you do do for a living?
2: So I'm uh, actually, I just got a new job. I'm a healthcare director at uh, Horizon Health, and I um, am located in Harding Minnesota, just uh, north of Piers there. So I'll be starting that uh, new role here pretty shortly, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, But I used to be a social worker. I worked uh, in social services and just uh, another hospital, a line of health, too, before we came here. So, um, you know, a new opportunity, a new job opportunity kind of presented itself, and we're like... Um, you know, we were always kind of country people and just you know love the outdoors. So we're like, let's live up in this area. And we both vacationed here a little bit when we were kids, and just we're obsessed with, kind of with the area and all the opportunities and all the different things. So that's kind of what ultimately drew us in this area, I would say.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I I wondered if it was family, if it was um, friends. What is it about this area specifically that you tell your your family and friends that aren't here, and maybe to try to get them to move here down the road as well?
2: Um, you know the the big thing for for us, it's just, it's got that small town feel, but yet you have, like, everything you could possibly need with stores, healthcare. I mean, you, within reach, too, you got just about everything up here, and that's the, and all the resorts, too, we just, you know, love in the, in the summer, driving up to the resorts, or boating up to the resorts, and, um, you know, experiencing that life, too, and it's just such a wonderful place to raise a family in general, I, I think, I mean, like I said, you got those smaller town feel, but yet you got that, all the supports and things that you could, you know, wish or dream of too. So I, I'd i say, you know, it's just, we just kind of went for it and, you know, we're going to be here for the rest of our lives, hopefully. So
1: nice. Love it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I,
0: Isaiah, I know you're, uh, you're not here, but don't, don't be afraid mm-hmm. to speak up. We, we know how you like <laughs> to just sit on the sidelines. Well, I, Hey, yeah. no, you know what? I need to give you props because I tried to open up the show here that you missed. Uh, it did not. Yep. Work. It did not work.
1: So. He had a he had a licking local. No
3: way. I had a licking
0: yeah. licking local moment.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the club. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I think
1: Isaiah. I think you. Let's let's dive into that hunting talk. I'm going to sit back, drink a cider, put the feet up, and let you guys just take right. over here. I just I,
0: I just want to say though, it, it, it's interesting to hear. Last week we met with uh, walleye Dan. Oh right. And I think did you get to listen to that episode at all? Yep. I think you you kind of just mirrored a lot of what we talked about with him. Um, and why people do live here and the opportunities that it does have, uh, both for, you know, that, that work during the day, but go out and, and have hobbies at night and be able to pass those hobbies on to your, to your kids. So
1: I think that's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Um, Isaiah.
3: Yep. So how, are, how Jordan. Are Oh, good. Okay. Good. Yep. So tell us. So you said you did a lot of your hunting in Wisconsin as far as whitetail. Have you, uh, done any whitetail hunting in Minnesota yet? Yep.
2: I have. Um, I did a few times this year up in, like, the Bemidji area. Um, actually, okay. I did a little... My brother and I used to rent up some land up by La Porte, about 80 acres of pure Northwoods timber. I mean, you see just about everything on a set. You'll see bears, wolves, deer, bobcats, just about everything. So we'd actually duck hunt in the morning, and then we uh, did a few sets in the evening for deer hunting. And, um, you know, I was presented with a lot of good opportunities pretty That's quickly in the, in the season, so actually... On my first sits, I was full drawn about a, I'd say about 130, 140 class 10-pointer, but just couldn't get a clear shot at it. So I was pretty pumped about that to start off the season good like that. But then again, you know, the temperatures were in the 70s and 80s at the time in early September. So it really wasn't too much fun, but, you know, still a good opportunity to be out there.
3: Wow, that's cool. Um, so we've gotten to do a little hunting. Are you mainly a bow or are you sit back and poking with a rifle?
2: Um, I, You know, I'd say... I'd say about ninety percent of my hunting is done with archery or with a bow. Um, I do obviously participate in the gun seasons. It's just the family tradition, and I—that's I, kind of what I grew up doing too. And I didn't really get into bow hunting till uh, later in my life, once I was, you know, in college and could actually finance and support my own my own addictive ho- <laughs> hobbies. So um, yeah, and I uh, went off to Wisconsin about a week and a half ago, or uh, the end of October, and actually shot a doe within like two minutes of daylight, so that was pretty cool and had, like, one of the best sits of my life, I think. In two days of hunting, I had 75 deer and, like, 80 different bucks cruising around, so I was I I was, I was just beyond pumped. And then my wife and I went on vacation uh, Halloween, that week of Halloween, and I came back um, from vacation, jumped right back in the woods, uh, the 29th, 30th, and 31st, and had another really good sits and actually had two opportunities at really nice uh, bucks, I'd say about 140, 150 classes, that I was a full draw again, but either couldn't get a shot or couldn't get him to stop. So this weekend, I'm just hoping to seal the deal on something.
0: You know, I think that Halloween weekend we saw pretty prime weather. Yep. And looking looking at this oh, yeah. weekend, it might might be a little toasty.
2: Yep, yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, when that was like what – I don't really do a whole lot of my whitetail hunting with uh, bow until I do see that big cold snap or that big cold front. So, like, last year, for instance – September was kind of warm but then I think it was like the week in October 1st I there's like a 10 20 different uh, degree drop and I was like I got to be in the woods so I took off a few days of work hopped out in the woods and I had a bucket and a dough down within like 30 minutes of my sit and I'm like I wish I could do that every year and my wife said the same thing she's like why can't you just go do that every year I'm like it doesn't work like that most of the time but yeah so well you're not you're not doing that every year because of that
0: her saying that means yeah, that she wants exactly. to be home. It's like, eh, right. Oh, and a sh- couple extra days out in the woods. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm gonna pass on that one. We'll... <laughs> so so Jacob, here's this is a little teaching moment for you. Um, when somebody says that they hunt like with a, a bow ninety percent of the time, that means they're like they're like real hunters. Okay? okay. So there's a difference between what Jordan does and then what the ninety percent of the other people do, which is only shoot rifle this weekend which is kind of like that family growing up like what he said that's what sure that's what colton did that's what i've done where you just get out on opening weekend and you know go sit at deer camp and and that's the kind of the tradition you see so
0: yeah i would say i fall largely into that category into the into the i i don't
1: really hunt other than
0: to to go out on opening weekend and, and you know sit in the woods and if i see something great if i don't no big deal
1: yeah Jordan, I do have a question, actually. Sorry, Isaiah, for cutting you off, but I'm going to. Very (laughs) good. What was it about hunting, maybe your first few times as a kid, that you knew this was something you wanted as a hobby, and then eventually, you know, to grow into almost just that family tradition that you want to pass down to your kids?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually a really big topic that I love talking about, actually. I owe a lot to, you know, my dictional outdoors is my dad and my grandpa. It all started, I can one I don't remember much of my ch- like early childhood, but like one thing I remember specifically is when I was about like three and four years old, my dad asked me, "Hey, do you want to go hunting?" And it, that year is pretty mild out, and I'm like, "Sure." You know, I'm like, "My mom's probably like, if you're crazy enough to sit with a talkative three four year old, go for it." So I remember just to this day that I was tromping out there with my dad in the snow, and this was in Wisconsin at the time. Um, and he actually. Tied a rope around my waist and hoisted me up twenty feet up into a tree. Don't tell my mom this, but um, <laughs> and we we're on just like a little platform, just one of those homemade wood stands, and we we're sitting in. Uh, this was up in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, where we own property too. Um, again, it's my dad, my dad, his uh, dad, and uh, my dad's twin brother. We we all own that property together and do a, a lot of hunting when we're in her younger days. But um, yeah, I remember that moment. He just hoisted me up there and he's like, all right, be quiet. He gave me like a snicker bar. And he said, if anything comes, just let me know. And I remember sitting there and like, just like so eager and patient to like see a deer. Of course, I've probably seen them at the zoo and stuff like that. But also in this herd of does came like running right, right to us, like 20 yards. And there had been, I'd say like 15, 20 of them. And I was just like, so fascinated on just watching them and seeing them come in that like that moment, I was just like hooked. So then every year, my dad would <laughs> write a, write a note, and I'd take a week off at school for Wisconsin gun season. And all the way up till now, I mean, I've been I haven't missed a single deer season or deer rifle season, I should say, since yeah, I since I was four years old, I've been going the whole week, you know. And that's just been something. I've seen a lot of deer get killed. I've seen a lot of trophy white tails get killed. I done a lot of out of state hunting too since then, and it's just like something. Like that moment just like kind of just hooked me. And then like the next year I remember sitting with him and I was like five and he shot this like night, really nice buck, I'd say. Um, and yeah, that's just what kind of just pushed me over the edge. I'm like, I just love this. Like it just addicted ever since. So um, even my son, he's, 15 16 months now and his first word other than mom and dad was buck like of course we got him hanging up in the house yeah, but but right before i came here actually I had some rattling out sitting there and he's sitting there banging him around i'm like man this is just my dream so yeah
1: yeah i love it i mean awesome. stories like that are what make you know <clears throat> memories honestly it's sort of a cliche thing to say but
0: no you said you're
1: from hutch or you lived in in hutch for
2: yeah, so I moved to Hutch when I was like, uh, I'd say about like eight, nine years old, and that's where I went to high school and did most of my schooling and Got stuff of that. My dad owns his own business there, so that's why we moved there. So,
0: is that uh, rifle, rifle zone, or are you shotguns only there? Yeah, it's shotguns
2: yeah. only there. Um, I actually didn't do too much specifically. I I white tail hunt, hunted there a few times uh, more with a uh, bow. We'd actually go all the way up to Lutzen for Minnesota um, rifle season. We'd go all the way up there every year because one of my great uncles owns a little cabin up by Kiribu Lake. So we'd uh, go to the Superior National Forest and really hike a few miles back in there with the wolves and yeah. call it good. So
0: I, I'm laughing because I literally I just got back last night from Lutzen. Um, oh, awesome. It was, just, it was not hunting. It was just oh. my wife and I got, got away for a few days. Um, and we, we spent five, six hours in the woods on Tuesday. Driving up the trail, get out, hike as far as you want to hike, and you know, turn around, get back in the car, and go find a different spot to hike. But it was eerie. Yes. How? I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time up there, but there was a fresh snow, so I'm looking for tracks anywhere and everywhere, Yo. and I couldn't find a single track to save my life. And we were, we were, we probably put on ten plus miles of hiking. Yeah, not a track. B- bunnies everywhere, but other than that, no deer, no moose. No birds chirping, no anything. And it was just like, is there a pack of wolves right behind me that's keeping all the animals away? Or what the hell's going on?
2: You know what? Funny story about that, actually. Like, we used to go up there every year from, I'd say, yeah, when I was like 12, when I first actually could carry a rifle when I was 12 to like 16, 17, we'd go up there every year and we just stopped going for that exact reason. Like, we were seeing more wolves up there than we were deer. And it got to the point where it got, like you said, kind of scary. Like, am I being followed by Pack of wolves, and I remember my very first hunting opportunity that I could actually shoot one since Minnesota se- seasons before Wisconsin. But I put me on like this logging trail up there, and I'm sitting there, and it's just starting to get good. You know, the sun's starting to come up, all of a sudden, a timber wolf comes down the trail, just this big black timber wolf. And I was just like shaking, I was like, Dad, I'm not sitting by myself anymore. <laughs> so, so ever since then, you know, I've my I'm like, I'm kind of terrified to be up there alone, honestly. Yeah, it's a it's a, a
3: different place yeah, for I'm sure. i stick with my uh my, my Pequot Lakes
0: yeah. hunting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I think as much
3: as I go out and, and hunt, but I just love sitting land. I know I get lost and I can find my way back and pitch black. I don't want the land, like the back of my hand. That's I
0: like that for sure. So I think we've got a lot of questions. We're going to raffle or rifle off at you here just to, you mentioned Wisconsin. <laughs> so you do a lot of hunting out there. Yep. Wisconsin has a different hunting model with their seasons than, than Minnesota does. Do you, do you, with the rut timing of the rut and uh do you have a preference do you think there's a, a right way or wrong way should minnesota adopt the wisconsin approach
2: you know i i really do and you know i'm probably a lot of people are going to disagree with me but for me personally i love that wisconsin's gun season is like the opening opening weekend i think it's like the 21st or it's it's a weekend before uh thanksgiving so at that time majority of the deer have already I would say been bred and the like the rut is starting to wind down. Of course you're like every year we still see chasing and stuff like that, but like ninety percent of the rutting is already done. Whereas like Minnesota, it's always kinda like it's been one of those hot topics too. Um, that the right the gun season's right in the middle of the rut. Not many states follow that actually. If you look like at Auto States gun seasons, a majority of them are either um, well, Iowa of course has like an early muzzler season, but that's just a short amount of time. Other seasons, like gun seasons, are right after the rut, I would say, or later in the year. And to me, too, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things with, like, Minnesota that's so much different than Wisconsin. And I personally, just growing up in Wisconsin and then, like, hunting here, too, I, you know, I just like how Wisconsin does things a lot. I just think they manage their deer herds a lot better, too. Like, as you mentioned, you go up in Lutsen, you don't see a single deer. I mean, that's not very encouraging for a hunter that's like, oh, let's go hunt some public land and whereas Wisconsin, so where we're at, it's a intensive zone, um, if you will. So you buy your archery tag, you buy your boat. You can shoot two bucks, by the way, in Wisconsin. One with your bow, one with your gun, which I think is awesome, too. That's just kind of another proof in the pudding that they're managing their deer a little bit better. Um, I wouldn't say a lot better, but a little bit better. Um, there's just I feel like there's just a lot more opportunities at uh, mature deer based on the way that they manage things compared to Minnesota. So a lot of these younger deer are going to get killed you know like you said like we mentioned right away and probably you know the first first weekend in november i mean a lot of these mature deer are dumb they're rutting they're chasing does so a lot of those deer get killed off right away so that makes it to me a lot more challenging as a bow hunter because the you know i want to be out in the woods right now but of course there's you know rifle season coming up so that adds a twist to things too uh but yeah like you said there's just a lot of those little things that are different that I wish would change but you know that's going to take a lot more than just me wishing that it's going to change um but yeah you you brought up a very good topic and there's been a lot of like controversy in the past few years about gun season being right in the midst rut is there
0: is there any plans or, or conversations in the works of that ever changing uh, that you know of
2: um yeah there's been I, there's been a lot of like petitions and a lot of stuff brought up to like the minnesota dnr of trying to get it like even pushed back a few weeks or um, trying to be, you know, do, do stuff a little bit different. Ultimately, it just kind of gets shut down because more, I think more or less, it's just the tradition and it's been, been around for how long. Um, but also another thing, I guess, too, to mention like up north, deer got a, or deer rut at different times, you know, from up north all the way to southern Minnesota too. So like in southern Minnesota right now, you're seeing a lot more breeding activity, a lot more rutting activity where up north, you might not be seeing like Bemidji area, you might not be seeing as much of that because historically deer ha- rut around the same time every year because the fawns have to be born in the spring at the same time. If they're born too early, they'll obviously die off. If they're born too late. You know, they're not really given the opportunity to survive. So that's another thing that's different. That's kind of throws a twist in things too. So say if you do move the rifle season up or move it, you know, back, it's still going to, you're, you're not going to meet all the needs of everyone in the state ultimately. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of, has a lot to do with
1: it too. Okay. I have a question. Yep. Interesting. Please um, explain to me what rutting means.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess the best way to put it is like, yeah, because I've got a follow (laughs) up right here. Isaiah and I (laughs) (laughs) joked
0: before you got here, we had a little pre uh, pre podcast phone call. (laughs) Isaiah and I joked that we were going to have to lead with you explaining this
1: very thing to Uh, him. Okay. If in my head, I'm going to actually guess what it means.
2: (laughs) Yep. Go for it. So
1: you're telling me Me the hornier the deer, the more likely he's going to die.
2: Yeah, you know what? You kind of hit it on the head to be honest. Perfect. I mean, that's exactly what it is it's that <laughs> you hit it right on the head. I mean, so these deer wait all year for this these few weeks, you know, to breed and get that opportunity to. So that's <laughs> when you hear the rut. That's basically what it's It's just like, you know, when they start breeding and chasing and all that fun stuff. So
1: Interesting. That I did learn something today. I had no clue that's why it was hunting season. I guess yeah. I've never even thought about it. like why do you right. hunt, you know, early November?
2: Yeah, I think
0: I mean, we see it with the f- with fishing, with hunting, with Pretty much everything in wildlife management. So now you know, Interesting. Yeah, so yep, fishing's there the go. same way. Yep. Spawning Fish, fishing seasons with the spawning, yep. Huh. <laughs> Interesting.
3: <laughs> uh, so poor, poor, Jordan poor fellas. Yep. <laughs> tell us what you know about CWD. Is that something that is uh, just kind of unique to Minnesota or have you seen that over in Wisconsin as well?
2: You know what? Yeah, that um that's definitely another hot topic about uh deer right now it's i'd say yeah it's just as popular in wisconsin and iowa and you know kind of the midwest in general too um to me i have mixed feelings about cwd i agree it exists but i think ultimately our media does a good job of making it seem like to all the outsiders of people that don't hunt that these deer are like zombie deer and if you eat them you're gonna turn into you're gonna get cwd if you will i think there's just a bad rap in cwd in general don't get me wrong it does exist and it is you know awful i have uh actually seen people that shoot deer with positive cwd and they eat it and they're just fine and they're not zombies today so i mean it's you know a deer with cwd you can still eat you're, you're you know it's a neurological thing you're cooking it out more or less too but yeah it definitely exists and it is a you know it is a problem when you get these areas that you're baiting and there's of course deer farms and etc you're gonna get stuff like that i mean it's just overpopulation deer and you know science science is science all. So.
1: so jordan i have a question that. What does CWD stand for? <laughs> I love this chronic this wasting perfect. disease. Okay, <laughs> that's what it stands for. I'm learning so much today. You know, Maybe what? if Go I learned up. all this they when I was seven zombies. years old, I'd yeah. be a hunter, you know. <laughs> and you know,
2: you know what? C- you brought up a great point. CWD, yeah, it's bad. But in my experience, I uh, drew an Iowa muzzler take two years ago. EHD is the thing that I'm like terrified. Like it's so it's these little like bugs that get into the water if you have like a really damp spring. And the deer, so the deer drink the water and ultimately like, you know, it kills them. Like you'll find all these deer floating in water. And when we drew our tag, we found like close to a hundred deer on public land, just floating in water that died at EHD. That's to me, that's a lot more bigger of a problem. And that's a lot, the further you go on south and like out west, EHD is a very common thing. And that's, I mean, it'll wipe out a whole herd. Like our week that we were there, I think we, I can't remember exactly how many dead deer we found, but it was like. Terrifying and not very encouraging when you're Jeez. out hunt, waiting five years to draw a tag or two, three years to draw a tag, you know.
0: So this little bug will just get into the watershed and, and anything,
2: yeah, and anything
0: it, in that in that valley that supplying yeah. the herd will,
2: will go. Yeah, and it's you know I I guess I really don't know the whole science behind it, but yeah, that from my understanding that's kind of what it is, and it um, I believe in like 2013 and it wiped out a whole bunch of deer too, and like it seems like every few years it really hits hard when we have a little bit of those water springs or whatnot. So this year I. From my understanding, it's not as bad. Obviously, we're in a nation drought, so. Crazy.
3: Yeah, uh, that's a cool point, because uh, from from our standpoint, just in our area, I mean, obviously, we've heard about CWD and some of those other diseases, but for all we know, I mean, there was the one farm where there was this one case, and I never really realized it was kind of a, a bigger thing than what than what we know, um, but it's definitely affected our hunting. So, like, last year, I think they, they had unlimited tags you could pull. Now, this year, it's a little different. Um, do you see that
2: happen as well over in Wisconsin as far as because of the chronic waste? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like their mission standpoint didn't change other than so in Wisconsin, you used to be able to be bait deer. Like, uh, I think you could do, couldn't remember the exact amount, but I never really have gotten into baiting deer too much just based on all the places I hunt. I have natural food sources. So
3: same here. I just see the squirrels.
2: Yeah, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I used to be able to bait in Wisconsin, but then, uh, once a deer does does test positive uh, they have to shut down like the nearest two counties around it um so that's kind of how they do things there it's a little bit different approach but yeah so it's like a three-year baiting ban but uh, i think this is the last year that my county is in a baiting ban and then after that you can put out your 40 or your five gallon pail of corn if you want or whatnot but um so you know their approach is a little bit different they just shut down baiting more or less i would say they didn't really do like they did up here and give unlimited antlers tags or in southern Minnesota, where you got unlimited antlers tags, and then you could shoot more than one buck. Either they didn't try to eliminate the whole herd. When unfortunately, you know, when they, they like you just mentioned, it's one deer that escapes like a game farm or something of that nature, and that's what kind of sets off the positivity of CWD, and ultimately all yep. the you know the other deer herds pay the price. Yeah, I mean, so two years ago
0: it was unlimited unlimited doe. Two years ago, and now this year, Isaiah, you said six oh zone six oh four can do five doe yep I mean and three weekends of hunting yeah that's... instead of two so i who's taking who's taken that many deer in the first place right. but it's already been proven i think this is the third year actually um that they've been doing this i want to say uh locally three years yeah, no been doing positive it and yeah, no, no positive case. so at what point do you just you know maybe maybe this really was just a one-off case and it, it's not widespread but um right. yeah hopefully I mean the baiting thing has been a hot topic as well around the CWD, but um, yeah, killing off the doe population really isn't, isn't right. getting us anywhere.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly
3: one more sake. thing though. Sorry, this is kind of changing the topic, but did you guys hear about the deer season at Fort Ripley?
0: I, I saw a picture of a, a pretty healthy buck that was harvested. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Why well, didn't know. I get a call about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was, a, that I got was friends that work
0: over there. That was a good look.
1: Was it a, a 30 buck? pointer? No. Oh, okay. No,
0: it wasn't. I Maybe it
3: was like that. two days or something you guys you could just pull a tag and go out there i
0: think no, i think i think there's uh, uh-huh. i think there's a ra- uh, Raffle a lottery, a lottery, lottery yeah. a lottery for the <laughs> archery uh, for the few i don't i don't know how many people they let out
2: there yeah, want, just a
0: few dozen people
2: yeah I, can, I yeah it's i've never done it but yeah it's some kind of lottery system like that like you mentioned so okay yeah. Well, part of change topic, but we should
0: actually look into that next year. <laughs> um, so regionally, and maybe maybe uh, maybe you can talk, touch on this, and maybe if you're probably not the person to talk about it, then so be it. But uh, you know, in this area, is there a food plot that kind of takes the place uh, that you would recommend above other options to to plant early spring?
2: Yeah, that's a you know that's a great topic. Um, That's exactly another way to get around kind of the baiting thing, and that's kind of what we did, too, in our properties in Wisconsin since we were under a CWD ban like, you know, it is up here. We, We did a bunch of food plots, and ultimately we just started, you know, I like to start with the basics and just do clover and trickery. It's easy to maintain. It's easy to establish, and once you do upset or establish those food plots like that, I mean, they'll come up the next few years if you maintain them properly, and it also brings a lot of nutrients to the soil, too, which makes it, easier in the you know in the upcoming years to make other food pots but yeah I would say you know a good starter food pot that's you know going to come up almost anywhere clover and chicory is good and then um, we just did alfalfa this year too and it came up awesome the deer just absolutely hammered the heck out of that too so um, but it was a little tougher this year with the droughts and whatnot too we almost had to time our planning right when right before it was going to rain of course it didn't some of the times but you know in this area I would say you know you do a clover chicory You're going to get deer, you know, you're going to get some kind of deer in it. And that's what I like so much about this area, too. I mean, you got a lot more timbers and hardwoods like that. These microplots are absolutely deer honey holes. So the property that I used to lease up there, I did like a little microplot, probably only like 20 by 20 yards, not big at all. Just did clover and chicory. And it was amazing all the deer activity I got from the years. So I rented this property for three years now. Um, the year previous I didn't have anything there, barely had any deer. I made this little just little micro pot and I'd get pictures of deer like nonstop. I mean, yeah, sure not the most quality deer, but still get deer there, so it just proof in the pudding, you know, you just put something like that that's unnatural in the middle of the woods, you're gonna get activity.
0: Yeah, I think that unnatural is the key, right? Like that like alfalfa, you're not gonna see a lot of alfalfa in the Brainerd Lakes area. Right. But throwing some alfalfa into a, a little twenty by twenty area. You're going to pique the curiosity of a lot of a
2: lot of animals. Exactly, and like you know, like you said, the abnormal things. So, like sugar beets is another hot hot uh, food pot topic right now that people are just absolutely going crazy about. That's um, I haven't done it yet, but I ha- have a lot of buddies that have done sugar beets and they've had awesome success over them too. So, you know, it all starts with kind of knowing your soil, what you can grow, and um, I'd honestly recommend getting your soil pH tested and starting from there too. That's the ultimate first step. But yeah, like you said, if you can do unnatural things that aren't present. These deer are gonna come out of curiosity and eat it or check it out.
0: Yep. Um, fair weather hunters. So this is a this weekend is gonna be kind of pretty easy for people. At least it seems that the weather is gonna cooperate for everybody. What what's your preference? I mean, I, we know we know cold, but rain, snow, wind.
2: Yeah. So that, that's another good question. So I'm a my wife thinks I'm absolutely crazy, but I'm like if it's ten degrees snowing, I'm out there. I mean, if it's raining, I'm, pe- most people are inside, I'm out there. I like the rougher, more unnormal conditions because, A, less people are in the woods, and, B, ultimately, you see a lot more deer movement. I mean, typically, the baromic pressures are a lot higher at those times, too, so you're going to see a lot more movement in general. But I've had a lot of success. Two years ago, I think I shot a A-pointer a on Veterans Day, and it was like a blizzard in Wisconsin, and the, the high was like 5 degrees. I'm out there bundled up. I could barely pull back my bow, but he came at 20 yards, and I just you know just made a great shot on him. But no one else was in the woods in our whole area. Everyone's like, you're crazy. You're never going to see anything. I saw like 15 deer and had my, my buck by 8 a.m. I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I prefer obviously cooler temperatures. I just think a lot more deer movement happens in the time, and it just feels like you're actually hunting. When it's, uh, you know, 60 degrees, It's sure, it's enjoyable to be out there, easy to be out there. Um, your deer activity might not be as hot, but, I mean, then again, it's a rut, so just get out there in general, and you're going to have a lot better odds. So
1: I'm glad you brought that up. Um, a memory you've had. Is that your most memorable one you've gotten? And do you remember your first deer you shot?
2: Yes. So that one, no. That was just, uh, I mean, he was just an average eight-pointer, but I was just, uh, that was a tough season of hunting. I was chasing this um, Rooney Crockett buck all year, and I actually still am to this day. Um, And honestly, it wind down. That was my last time I could be out in the woods bow hunting in Wisconsin, so before rifle season, because I usually let the woods sit a week before I do um, rifle season just for my family's own sake too. Uh, And he came and gave me the opportunity. It was a nice mature buck, and I was like, sweet, I'm going to take him. But my uh, first buck I remember to this day was actually in, uh, like, uh, the second week of October in Wisconsin, so they do a youth hunt, and I was only, like, 13 at the time, I believe. Um, Yeah, and I, I had the flu, and I was just sicker than a dog. But my dad and I are like, we got to go out. We got to go out. I'm like, fine, I'll go out. And it was, uh, we're sitting in a box land, so at least some comfort there too. And I'm just sitting there like shivered up in the corner. My dad's like, hey, a buck's coming. Buck's coming. I'm like barely eyes open. I'm like, oh, sweet. And all of a sudden I just perked right up. And I saw him and he came like 10 yards into our little soybean plot. I'm like, sweet. And I just dropped him right there. And it was just just a little basket six-pointer. But I'm like, I will always remember that buck because – I was just sicker than a dog, but I'm like, you know what? I got to get my first buck. So that's one that really sticks or stands love out it. to me. But yeah, I love that. But of course, you know, there's my, my biggest buck. That one stands out to me too. And that's uh, actually one of the first years after we bought uh, the Wisconsin piece. So my dad bought this property where my mom grew up. It was just logged to heck. I mean, it looked like a wasteland, but we got it dirt cheap. And we were like, we see potential in this, that we can make this great. Like they took all the mature pines and oaks so we threw up ladder stands like a week before, or no, that that was the year after that. So we took, we built these box stands. We're like, okay, we need to get something. It's going to be really cold. So we built these box stands and we were kind of disturbing the woods. I mean, like all year. So I didn't have high hopes. And I was like, oh, hopefully, you know, at least we're sitting in comfort, but hopefully something comes <laughs> by. And um, my uncle, who owns property just adjacent from us, he shot this really nice 10 and I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, and like minutes later, I, It was like a 20-mile wind, and it started snowing. I think it was like 2015, if I remember right. Anyways, it was not that it matters. It was really windy, so I wasn't really looking into the wind. And I looked back, and this huge buck was just, like, sleeking along. And I'm like, holy smoke. So I, like, flipped off my safety, shot this thing. After I shot, my scope completely went off my mount and, like, twisted sideways. I was like, what the heck? I'm like, this was probably the biggest buck of my life. And I don't even know if I hit him because I couldn't even see anything after I shot. I was like, oh my gosh. So, like, I waited a good 30 minutes, but I, the curiosity was just killing me. So, I'm like, I got to go check. It was only like a 100-yard shot, too, and he was sleeking along. So, climbing down on my box stand, and boom, boom, I hear it. My dad's like sitting about 500 yards away from me. I'm like, crap. He just, I'm like, my dad just shot my biggest buck of my life, dang it. <laughs> so, I'm like, what the heck. So, I went down. I'm like, looking where I shot, couldn't find anything. I'm like, Gosh, are you serious? And of course, my scope is completely like off my scope rings at this point. I'm like, I'm just discouraged. Just look up, and this thing is just t- I dropped him right there. I mean, I hit him in the shoulders, and he was piled up underneath logs. It was a, it ended up being 151. Um, scored 151. And it was a true eight pointer. He had uh, 17 and a half inch G2s. I mean, this buck is still one to this wow. day that I, you know, just dream about seeing and, uh, yeah, I was luckier than can be because, my sco- like I said, my scope was completely wonky. I don't know if I hit it on something or whatnot, but, yeah. That was a lot of luck and a lot of dear Lord helping me that day because I was like, holy smokes. And that deer, to this day, I have no idea how he survived. He got shot with a broadhead in the spine, too, before I harvested him, too. So was, this deer was just an old warrior, and we got him aged, and he was six and a half years old, and pretty cool deal. Huh. Is that one on the wall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that one sits right just in the middle. You still see it often? Yep. Yep. Just <laughs> sits in the middle. And every time my son wakes up, he goes park, bark, bark and he just gets jacked <laughs> up about it. So yeah, that that's uh one of my favorite I would say one of my favorite bucks, but they all have kind of the, their special pace. It's awesome. All
0: right. Well this is this is all kind of a warm up because I know Isaiah wants us to get to his uh how local are you? Which sounds like is one hundred percent directed at you today. Um, <laughs> I, have, I just have a couple other yeah. questions. On my how local ahead. are
1: you is actually our trivia game if you haven't listened before. We do. Well,
0: he heard the How Local Are You and then got quizzed while I dan on Wisconsin oh, the right. cities. So okay. it's really right. not that local. But right. yes. <laughs> um, yes. How about, about uh, Cover Sense yep. or artificial like Doe Estrus?
2: Um, mm. do, do you use any of it? Honestly, I used to be. Pretty, I used to use it all I mean I used to be like oh sweet you know they they advertise it so why not you know um in my experience using it I don't I know there's a lot of younger littler bucks be like oh they smell it because it's their first time rutting." And they're like oh sweet and they get all jacked up and they follow you right to your stand I personally just haven't seen mature deer really give a crap and I think they can just tell the real thing from the difference but then again, I don't know if it's just area hunting or whatnot, but I do have good experiences. Like I'll take a uh, buck pee, for instance, and I'll just spray an every scrape I see, and it seems to get that scrape a little more fired up. And of course, I'll put a camera over it, and so I can kind of tell proof in the pudding there. But also, I've also used I just pit, when I go buy a scrape, I'll just piss in it myself, and all of a sudden bucks will come by. So I'm like, am I? Why am I paying for this if my yeah. own pee works? For it? Yeah, so I funny. honestly, I don't really know. I mean, I I used to use it a lot, but now I'm just like whatever and. Um, but I still spray myself, head to toe down, with sent away just to, I don't know if it actually works or not, but just, you know, just, just because yeah, it's worth, worth the yeah. risk this, for that $15. To, this
1: episode yeah. is <laughs> brought to you by Pampers baby wipes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those, those work great too. Oh,
3: one other thing we wanted to talk to you about too is Jordan, do you have sponsors?
2: I do. And I'm a, I feel, I'm a fielder with a bunch of, uh, different um, companies and contracted with a bunch of different ones too. So, I uh, actually work for Browning Trail Cameras when I'm not uh, busy doing my everyday job. So, yeah, I do a lot of uh, trade shows and stuff of that nature for them and travel and sell trail cameras and educate people on those too. So, um, and some other companies too. So, how about that Vortex jacket? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Vortex is one of my main main <laughs> ones. I just got my new Outdoor uh, HD uh, vinyls uh, the other day, they're on back order. So, I'm pretty pumped to put those to the test this weekend too
0: great um tip for the listeners do you have a favorite deer
2: stand snack oh that's a tough one but i you know (laughs) oh my wife is gonna laugh laugh at me when she hears this one it's got (laughs) so if i'm sitting all day which i usually do during the rut smuckers peanut butter and jelly I, i bring those out all the time but like for a snack snack Little Debbie's, man. I always got Little Debbie's in my pack. If it's a Star Crunch or Woman Cream Pies, that's that, or Nutty Butters too. So. so you're an
1: Uncrustables guy. You like this? Oh, those? Yeah. oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna go hunting with you. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> was like, now you're talking my language. Yeah. Yep. Uncrustables,
2: Mountain Dew, and yeah. whatever caffeine I can get. That's what keeps me. You sound like a gamer now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I,
0: there was there there was opening day last year. I was, you know, I had my little thermos of coffee had a little sandwich, and the second that I go to open this sandwich, I hear you know, steps coming from behind me. So I just kind of clam up and wait, and I look down, and this damn little spike is just sitting right under the stand. <laughs> and when I look down, I kicked my coffee can, and the damn oh. thing may as, may as well just hit him on the head. And it, it ran off. But, um, the, the risky take of having yeah, treats in the stand. Exactly. So, Exactly, and,
2: I, and it's funny you mentioned that last week, and when I was in the stand, it was, like, dead, quiet, and I was like, I'm starving, and I got to eat. But I'm like, those Uncrustables, when it gets cold, they just, it sounds like you're a train coming through the woods. But I was, like, slowly opening it, open it, and all of a sudden I, I look, and there's a doe and a fawn coming. I'm like, oh, come on. And there's deer all night, so I, I was like, whatever, I'll just eat when I get old. <laughs> uh, Isaiah, let's, uh, let's fire away.
3: All right. See what you got here. Uh, how fast can deer run? Whitetail run?
2: Jeez, that's a that's a good question. I, I, I would say like twenty three miles an hour. I don't even really know, but they're <laughs> they're when they want to, they're they're fast.
3: All right, Jacob. If you were to guess, what would
1: you guess? Twenty three miles per hour.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go low. Colton. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. 17. 17? Colton, you can run 17. I don't know how fast
3: I <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. whoa. Got <laughs> speed. <man>.
1: speed.
3: <laughs> uh, answer I got was 40. Wow. 40, Oh, wow. my gosh. Okay.
0: Wow.
2: Downhill? I mean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> very.
1: It's very Usain Bolt. Like, it's the long strides. Yeah,
2: they're not easy to hit when they're running, that's for sure.
3: How? Okay, here's the next one. How tall of a fence can the average white tail jump over?
2: My first. Yeah, go for it, Jordan. I'd say nine feet. I'm my guess. I mean, they, they got ups.
1: Colton.
3: I didn't hear good.
2: You he said nine.
3: Nine? Yeah. Okay. Colton.
2: Um,
0: let's go with seven.
1: I'm gonna go with. I yes. guess it, it matters how horny they are to see if the other one is on the other side. Yeah. In, in the rut. Yeah. In why the, did the rut?
0: Why did the buck jump,
1: jump over the fence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, to get to the other hide. Okay. Oh. 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 You like that? oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna go eleven feet. Is that an answer? Was that your answer? No, it was not. It was seven. Okay, I'm gonna go eleven. That's that's tall. Yeah.
0: Uh, answer is eight.
1: Okay. Oh.
0: Jordan Ooh. and Colton popped yeah, we around it.
1: Okay. 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 Okay.
0: Well, I mean, technically you could still jump over seven if I could jump over eight. Wouldn't quite I mean, make, you're correct. Wouldn't quite make Jordan's nine though. So, yeah. you know what? so really I think I'm right. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Seven, eight. Oh, man. I love, I love this, oh, this
2: trivia. <laughs> All right. So I, uh, keep them coming. Next.
1: All
3: right. Uh, When did moose hunting in the state of Minnesota end? Oh, those poor guys.
1: Oh, boy. When they all went to Canada?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Channel those loots and hunting days.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say, like, I don't know, 2010? I don't even know. I'm going to go
1: 1974.
2: I can't even remember. I know the answer, so I'm not going to say it.
1: Did you guys talk about this?
0: We probably sat up. There. Yeah,
1: Colton probably like gave Isaiah this question. I did ask. give him this one. Oh, so who's yeah. closer, 2010 or 74? Oof,
0: that's, okay,
3: that's, too uh, that's too much math. <laughs> Answer's 97.
1: Okay, wow. then yeah, that is yeah. way too much math. Yeah.
0: I, I yeah. want to say it started in the 70s, though.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: Well, I'll start with time. I'll start with Colton on this one because um, Jordan might know it. So when it comes to whitetails, they always set up a grid for their home range that they cover. How big is that average home range or grid?
2: That's another good question. How how old a deer are we talking about? That kind of matters too, I guess. Um, Buck or doe? Average.
3: Average.
0: (laughs) Rut or not? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Right,
2: all these factors.
3: How about you don't think about it too much because I don't want to look up any
0: information.
1: (laughs) I'll answer this first, actually. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Two-mile square radius.
2: That's a good answer. Good. I totally yeah. guess.
1: I don't even know if it's miles, feet, oh. yards. That's
3: a good that is idea. the the measurement we are looking okay. for. Okay. So good.
1: I'm place, glad I'm on, on the, the right same track. Page.
2: Say three and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to say two and a half. But yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm curious now.
1: Two point one, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I got average is
3: one square mile
1: you're welcome okay. yep sorry I'm yeah uh, you... I'm better at hunting than you guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
3: thank you Jacob I, we, we couldn't have done this without you I
0: my, know my gut reaction was a mile and a half and then I started thinking of all these other factors
1: right <laughs> right I mean yeah, I almost yeah. said like 20 yards <laughs> I had no <known. laughs> yeah, they're just gonna move inside <laughs>
2: this yeah. office and it's funny yeah. you just you anth- or you asked that question because I just saw something on like the National Deer Society that I shared in my Instagram story. It said that they radio called this buck. In like one year he traveled like 186 miles. It was like the most extreme. And that was like down in Kansas or something. But I was like that just blew me away. Like That is crazy. That also skewed Isaiah's question. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, you threw off my average. So it was 29.
3: (laughs) 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 Okay, Uh, last one for you. Uh, What is the average weight of an adult female whitetail?
2: I'd say 130 pounds. Everyone says they shoot a 200-pound doe, but I've shot a few 200-pound deer, and there's nobody shooting a 200-pound doe.
1: <laughs> what, okay, what did you say?
2: 130 pounds.
1: One fifty-three.
2: Dang, that's precise. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm that kind of guy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going for the, the win. Oh, one, 120,
0: 120.
3: 20. Yep. Answer is you guys are all very close. 145.
1: I win.
0: Is that nah. Wade Deer or what people are telling him? Yeah. Is it is that a Midwest Deer or a <laughs> yeah. Southern Deer? Yeah. <laughs> or Canada chocolate. White Mule,
1: yeah. mule Oh man, those were good, Isaiah. Just White
3: Tail.
0: I don't yeah. know. Isaiah. Thank you guys. I think we need fact check on all these. Things. Yeah. I mean,
1: I say they're good, but maybe it was just because he felt or it sounded like he was confident when he was asking them. You know, so no. <laughs>
3: Hey, there's a disclaimer out there. We're not in the business of fact-checking. <laughs> I can find it on Wikipedia or some random radio site, this is how this game rolls.
1: So we are... If we get
3: a sponsor, I might have to do some
1: more. Our things. sponsor is Fake News. Sponsor is Fake News. <laughs> okay. All right, Jacob. Okay. Uh, la- I love it. Last, lastly,
2: <laughs> any tips for uh, people cleaning cleaning their deer? Um, yeah, I would say definitely with these warm temperatures, definitely do an efficient matter Um, I actually worked at, like, a deer processing place for a little bit uh, for, like, not even a season, Um, just helping a local friend. It was nothing serious or anything. Just on the weekends, I'd help them, and you wouldn't believe how many disgusting deer that I saw that people just didn't care for. A, make sure you remove those kidneys and guts and windpipe and all that fun stuff in there and clean it out a little bit, too, but it doesn't take long when it's, like, above 60 degrees for these deer to get yucky and spoil and get rotten, but... um. You know, just make sure you remove everything and kind of give them a good rinsing out too. When After you drag them, especially there's, you know, sticks, leaves, all that fun stuff gets in there is not good for the meat. So, that was one of my questions. So, so what you, do you think r- rinse them out? Yeah, I Wash I, them out? I mean, I usually just take like, you know, a gallon of water or a jug of water or whatever I got and just kind of rinse out the cavity a little bit just to get all that leaf and all that other stuff that you kind of get in there naturally dragging them. <laughs> yep. I always wonder. So, that what's too. the
3: best tip that you could give for people that don't have like, A freezer accessible right away as far as keeping them cool I mean do you recommend like throwing ice in the cavity or especially on a warm weekend
2: yeah yeah I mean it never hurts I always do it uh if I um I'm kind of like worried about temperatures I'll throw like 20-40 pounds of ice in there um but definitely getting those hides off quick too like if you can hang them right away and get those hides off that cools them off pretty quick so uh that definitely helps yeah, I have, awesome. not, I have nothing on that one.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but honestly, Jordan, it's been, it's been awesome having you in here, man. I'm glad we did this and just learning a little about you and, and you know, it was cool hearing why you moved here. And I actually learned more about hunting in this 52 minutes than I had um, known my whole life. So that's, that makes,
2: yeah. makes me happy. Awesome. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here. And anytime I can talk hunting, I mean, you got, you got me down like four wheels on the highway. I mean, anytime you want to talk hunting i mean just give me a call or whatever reach out to me and yeah
1: love it yeah i'll totally take you up on that for sure down the road um colton before we before we sign off here i know i guess hunting is the main thing this weekend is there anything else you're looking forward to i have a
0: i have a thought as we're going through all of this we're talking about processing uh, processing your harvest what do you think this weekend or the next couple of weeks is like for tyler and our friends at uh, the sanitation services. Ooh, good call. Oh gosh,
1: I don't Ooh. know what's the, what's the rule I mean, there. I honestly don't know. Do You have to throw it in a special. I'm assuming you put it in a yeah, special. Yeah, I mean, hide. people
0: aren't supposed to just throw it in their right, garbage can right. and send it off. But right. how many do you think they see?
1: So does oh, it,
2: I, yeah, I bet they. Oh, I wouldn't even. Oh, so would, when when people
1: yeah. talk are like yeah you know we we tagged five of them this year. Tyler's like I've tagged fifty. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, and I saw it. Your tag was not yeah, on yeah. there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Brought up a good point. I know in these uh, CWZ zones, you're supposed to, you know, uh, take care of them properly and bring them to their correct locations and whatnot too. So that's something to yeah, and you obviously can, remember you can send in the organs or the
0: teeth or the head. Yeah, or the, I mean, there's a few options, but yeah, just take it into the testing facility, let them pull what they want, and right. and take the rest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah,
3: I think it's the same the same this year as last few years, right, Colton? It's the Gull Lake Landing and then Pine River Fairgrounds. Those two main ones.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I think those are your options. I thought there was one year, a couple of years, where they had them at a couple of the Super Americas. Well, so you can drop your
0: hide I, there. Yeah. Oh, but your if, if you need to okay. test for CWD. Then. Oh, 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 oh sorry. yeah.
1: Sorry. Bring, <laughs> bring your <laughs> own deer essay. Hey, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have. It. I mean, they have the dry cleaners, and so now <laughs> they have. The... <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, this is uh, actually. I've, cool. I've had a good time today. This Ooh, has been awesome. It's I've been... got. I've got one more though. Okay, Colton, uh, go for it
0: favorite thing to eat from a deer i mean are you a jerky guy uh, deer sticks or are you just oh, like the
2: that is a tough question because i honestly love it all like i like we eat whitetail year round i mean we ground we grind a lot of ours up and you know using everything but i would for sure say my favorite cut would be the tenderloins, but my favorite like snack jerky by far. Like I put that put those suckers and smoke them on the traeger and just that that's another one of my go-to snacks too is um deer jerky, but yeah, you can. Just eating deer jerky yeah, while, while looking for yeah, more. Yeah, Better. bring them back to the original place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I
1: apologize cuz I don't know enough about this. Do you make your own jerky or send it to a meat
2: market so i mean you you could do either but i uh actually process and do make all my own stuff just because i've done it forever and it's sure. you know just kind of second nature now but yeah you can definitely bring your stuff in and have someone someone do it at a pretty um affordable price too. if
0: you're making jerky
2: make sure you know what you're doing though yeah, yeah. exactly that's make or break that's one yeah. thing i yeah yep colton isaiah you Which guys you I make like your yeah i leave it all up to my
0: my friend Hunting counterparts. Okay. The Bartellas. Oh, I they, they see. Yeah. yeah. Else, okay. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I was just, I was asking this because I wondered if there was a certain meat market you felt was above the rest. And maybe it doesn't even have to be this time of year. Is there somewhere you go, you know, to get jerky I and know, you don't have it?
0: And I'm not promoting anybody. Yeah. I know, mm-hmm. Um. Von Hansen's does a good job, but yes. Browerville also has a, a couple. I think there's a couple. There's one mainstay and then uh, a few outliers in Browerville that all do a really good job. I think they all really work together and kind gotcha. of do it all on their yeah. own. But um, Yeah, and
3: then M- I M- meets. always – Emily Meats. Yep. Emily Meats brings in their semi-trailer, and they're usually, if we're going to take a deer to be processed, we bring it over to those guys. So uh, very good breakfast sausage. With me.
2: Yum. That and, like, deer brats. I love deer okay. brats. Okay. Like, you get some oh. wild rice deer brats. Oof.
1: Never had that. I can't say about Jacob, ever you're that. just not living. Yeah, I know. You guys go shoot some deer this, yeah, this uh, weekend bring and back. bring me in some uh, meat.
2: Yeah, Bucks and Brews,
1: I'll bring you some. There we, there we go. Bucks and Brews. That's going to be Jordan's segment every couple days. Bucks and that, Brews. Yeah. you should know that that's what you're missing here. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, sure. Well, joke's on you. I've got cheaper beer at my house. So. What
0: the it's, hell does that mean? Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We, we get it. Shots fired. Shots yeah, <laughs> Oh,
3: man. Oh, but, one yeah. thing I want to talk about, though, uh, this weekend, Snarky Loon is actually doing lunch. On Friday and Saturday, they're doing four about four dollar rotten chips and six dollar pork tenderloin sandwiches. Yeah, they've got live music that night, and uh, yeah, I feel like every brewery we kind of yeah. like stop talking about it because every weekend every brewery has live music, which is fantastic. I think those guys are out roundhouse and yeah, stuff like that. that so
1: yeah, that, that. that is crazy though. You think it would die off maybe after Oktoberfest? Um, it's November, and they're still doing live music every weekend.
0: I fully believe that. It's busier now than it is during the summer. It's like, really? I, I keep looking at my schedule, and it's like every single week there's something going on. There's events yeah. everywhere. So yeah. it's just the, the time of the year where locals can finally get out and do their own thing. Right. So.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Like all the events at the breweries have been awesome, especially with these nice temperatures, too. People are just yeah. out doing stuff, and everyone's sick of the old vid. So let's, you know, get out there <laughs> and do some stuff.
3: Also, for the ladies, as far as events going on, there is a block party going on in. You caught lakes, so on Saturday. Are guys that, are was, hunting.
1: that was a little sexist there because Jordan, you just said your wife hunts with you.
2: She, you know what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I well, my, hunts, my to, wife hunts with me too. I yeah. forgot <laughs> to mention this part, and she's gonna love me for this part. It was her first year hunting last year, so I brought her in the rifle stand. Her first deer ever. She shoots a hundred and forty class eleven pointer. I'll never <laughs> hear crap. the I'll never hear the end of this story. And that thing was a monster too. So. This year, I mean, I, I said, I'm getting first shot because, come on. It, I, I, I didn't shoot one with my gun last year. Come on, I'm getting first dibs. No. Then,
3: Jordan, you might get a kick out of this one. I always, I'm never sexist towards uh, women hunters because I grew up in a household where my mother always shot the biggest buck. And she always, and she shoots a 30-30 lever action with iron sights. Wow. And she always downs the biggest buck. She usually texts us by, before 9 o'clock, she's got, her deer is, Already feel dressed and she's got a picture and she says, I'm going in to make lunch
1: i think we have the title of this this episode it was going to be hunting opener with with jordan yura but i think it's isaiah's not sexist <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't put me
0: on blast
1: yeah. <laughs> actually that's why isaiah's not here we're canceling him right oh, now yes. oh man but, but no a but lot there of is couple, yeah. what
0: is a community action in pequot doing the uh the hunting or the yes. yeah the hunting yep. weekend shopping yep Uh, Yeah, I'm just trying to
3: promote, you know,
1: local weekend shopping
3: and Jacob's firing bullets at me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. No, I hear you. And uh, that does well every (laughs) year. And I think this weekend looks beautiful. So whether you're a hunter or a shopper or just want to go for a walk or a hike, it's going to be a beautiful weekend. Don't walk too far in the woods, though. Wear your orange. Seriously.
0: Wear your blaze orange. (laughs) People walking down the Paul Bunyan Trail, walking down the side of the road, please just put some orange on. Or some sort of, if you don't have orange, something that... You can see it coming I'd, I'd from like a mile to, away. Definitely, This, this
1: yeah. is the time of year i like to hear um, what color orange that is. What color orange is that? Oh, shut up. <laughs> 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 On that note, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Isaiah, for calling in. For Colton and I here with Isaiah at Listen Local, thank you all for listening. Have a fun and safe deer hunting opener, and we'll talk to you next week.